Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So Jeff Hurst, the trailer booking at Billy Bones, a Paolo Gigano, a West Ham United, more than just a podcast, more than just a podcast. Good evening, good morning, or good afternoon. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast take two um <laughs> it is season nine and it is episode 33 um and you've probably already heard we've got uh nigel but before i say that because the first take i remember say this no george uh no um john tonight uh they are self-isolating in surrey surrounded by their stockpile of toilet paper but hopefully they get the all clear and be back next week that joke was funny the first time round. But we do have Nigel. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, Nigel. Where are you and what are you doing? I'm in my living room doing a podcast. Excellent, 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 excellent. And uh, before your internet went, the first time we did this take. Yes. And back by popular demand, our guest presenter this week is Canning Town Len. Good evening, good morning, or good afternoon, Len. Where are you and what are you doing? I'm in the lounge doing the podcast. I was a special guest in take one. And I've already oh, been demoted. <laughs> I've only got a minute, and I've been you were demoted. Special guest, and now you're a guest from <laughs> a presenter. I mean, I'm in the doghouse with you, and I, obviously. You're like you're like the fifth Beatle. I am. I'm the uh, like Billy Preston or Eric Clapton, if you like. Yeah. Uh, Stuart, um, what was his name? Stuart Sutcliffe, wasn't it? Yeah, but he, you know, that's. I and he was an artist, wasn't he? Anyway, he was, it's yeah. not. It's not a music podcast. It is a football podcast, and we've come here to talk about football. Uh, we had a game against the Gooners at the Emirates, um, and we lost it. Yeah, we did. Did anyone go here? No. No. Did anyone watch it? Yeah. Yeah. Live? Yeah. Let's start with you, Nigel. Oh, well, that means you didn't then, didn't it? Yeah, I watched it live. Of course I watched it live. Yeah. Uh, Of course he did. Good performance, to be fair. A lot of people criticising Moyes for me, which I I didn't get. Because if you play well, therefore he set the team up the right way. He picked the same team that did well against Southampton. Everybody's happy there. So it just, the final passes just didn't work out. Not going to criticise Antonio too much, to be fair. But obviously there was that one glaring where we broke two on one. And he, he had plenty of time to square it to Alao. 
and he, he they just cocked it up. Um, for me, I blame Antonio for the poor pass. I don't think he looked up. And and realistically, when you're a striker, you're going to expect the ball to come in front of you. So he, he'll try and bend it around the defender rather than the cutback. So, Can I give you a stat about Antonio? Well, you will anyway if I say no, so go on. He gives the ball away too easily. He gave the ball away 26 times, according to uh, uh, SofaScore.com. He gave the ball away 26 times in that game against Arsenal. The next person was uh, Aaron Cresswell, 14 times. Jared Bowen, 13 times. Um, Who else? Mark Noble, Fornells, Obona, um, and Diop. Eight balls each. Um, the person who gave a ball away the least was who? Declan Fabianski. Rice. Declan Rice, apart from Fabianski, of course. <laughs> um, Declan Rice only gave the ball away two times. Um, now, I know that we just seem to lose. I mean, our possession was like six, uh, 31%. But when I was watching the game, we just, you know, particularly Antonio, just used to just give the gave the ball away cheaply and seemed to be dispossessed all the time. Am I being unfair? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Who, who's, who's, you've given uh, Antonio a bit of a dig. Who who else didn't step up to the plate, Nigel, on, on I Saturday? didn't give Antonio a dig. All I said was, is, is that on the one glaring chance that, that we had to score, which came in the first half, is that, there was a big debate who was the f- at fault or Arsenal people debating who was at fault. Was it Antonio at the pass or Allah for not reading it? And, you know, for me, as I watched it at that moment in time, it was Antonio. I'm, I mean, as for their goal, you know, I think we said there at the time, I don't know why it took VAR four or five looks. From the very first look, that was onside. Or from the very first look, no, at it VAR. wasn't. It was down oh, to pixels. Go away. That was onside. You can see. I said it in the chat group. First look, bang onside. He was level with the. It player. wasn't. No, when you look well, at hang the, on, VAR on. proved it was. It was, but it was very close, and that's. Uh, it wasn't as close. I think, or, or easier decision, as you say, it when wasn't you look easy at the decision, you look at the picture. You can see, Sean. You don't well, need I saw the pictures afterwards. And it came down to pixels. It's not a pixel. That, and, and why did it take four or five minutes to do, make that decision? Because it was close. Oh, it weren't that close. They had to look at it and then redrew it. We you watched knew it. it, didn't we? They had to look at it and then they thought, oh, let's have another look. What, what for? Do you, do you know West Ham have done the worst on VAR decisions this season? We are seven points worse off. We've lost out on seven points due to VAR decisions overturning our decisions. Now, you could say, well, they were the corrective decisions, but if we'd gone with the ref only, we are seven points worse off. Other teams are like six points better off. I know it evens itself out, but not for West Ham, we don't. No, I mean, you listen, I've, you're not going to change my mind. I, I don't like VAR, and it's not about getting decisions right or wrong. I just object to the fact that when footballers walk onto the field of football and managers should accept that the referee's decision's final. The problem is a lot of the fans whipped up by the media 
they wanted VAR. Well, they wanted it. This is what you've got now. So you shut up complaining about it because this is what you wanted. Yeah. I remember you saying the same about the London Stadium. Well, it's true, isn't it? <laughs> Who was your man in the match, Nigel? For me, uh, I thought Bowen had another good game, to be fair. Um, but I'd give it to, I thought Declan Rice was, as that stat said, he'd give the ball away. His defensive midfield play shows why he's he's playing for England for me. Good, good. Give, give you a little stat attack and I'm going to go over to... Uh, Another one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, West Ham had, I think I said 31% of the possession, which means Arsenal had 63 West Ham had 14 shots, six on target. Arsenal only had nine shots, two on target. So slightly unfairly done by. Uh, a lot of people said we were unlucky. Other people said, no, we weren't unlucky. We just didn't take our chances. Arsenal were definitely there for the taking. Uh, Len, yeah. what, what was your view? Were Arsenal there for the taking? Yeah. We'll never play Arsenal twice in a season. Well, we never play an Arsenal as weak as that twice in the season and end up with nothing. We, we, you know, over both sort of fixtures, home and away, I thought we should have murdered them, not just beat them. But, you know, I think rather than this time on Saturday, I thought we played well. Not like in the first, um, not, not the home game. I thought we played well. I don't really think anyone's should be up for criticism because it was... An open, sloppy-ish game. Arsenal didn't press in midfield. Um, we had chances. We didn't take them. You know, they got uh, the rub of the green because of a, the ball went up in the air and consequently the, the players that were standing offside weren't offside because new pass of play, whatever the, whatever, you know, the rule is. Late in the game, couldn't get a chance back. End of story, isn't it? But, you know, a lot of people said we've got to take positives for it. But at the end of the day, a lot of people have said, but we still lost. We lost against Liverpool. We lost against Arsenal. It's another loss. Zero points. And well intentions and good performances don't save us in the Premier League. Well, that's, that's true. And, of course, we lost, like I said, we lost twice these and they haven't been that good. Take the Arsenal bit off their shirt. Yeah, we're in great opposition. And, you know, uh, we're not winning these 50-50 games. And that's that's why we're down there, aren't we, really? Yeah. Well, you're, you're going to tell me off both of you for this, but I'm going to mention it. Avram Grant managed 48, uh, 47 games for West Ham. He won 15 games, draw 12, drew 12 and lost 20. David Moyes has now managed 43 games over his two spells. He's won 12 drawn 12 and lost 19. So he's getting dangerously close. He's got four games uh, left to match Avram Grant's record. He's actually got to win three of the next four games just to equal it. And those games are Wolves at the London Stadium, Spurs away, Chelsea at home, Newcastle away. Yeah. Is that a a poor comparison? No, not really, no. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, it, but I'm not going to say Moise is worse than um, um, Avram, despite the statistics. But stats are there, aren't they? Yeah, Nigel. 
I think it is a bit harsh on Moyes, to be fair. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. Well, he has, because, you know, at the end of the day, Grant came in, bought a few players that he wanted, uh, like Picayon, and, you know, we went down with that team, where Moyes has piggybacked off the back of Billich and piggybacked off the back of um, Pellegrini. So if if I remember rightly... The only he signed three players, which is Jordan Nagil or whatever his name is, um, Suchek and Bowen. So two out of three ain't bad, is it? That'd be sad, eh? Yeah, as Meatloaf once sang. That's right. <laughs> look, I, the only criticism I want to give, um, look, I think he started. You don't change a winning team. He didn't. My only. My, yeah, I know that. So I'm saying good, oh. right? My only criticism is I think he divers too long before he makes a substitution. I think he made the substitution too late. Why? I think he should have. I think he should have brought his Suchak on earlier uh, and changed it around. Well, if he would have got injured, though, he'd have come on. He'd have broke down from injury. People would have been in his ear, wouldn't they? I don't think it needed... I do hear a lot about, you know, they should have made substitutions, but what really needed changing? Okay, we went 1-0 down with a bit of bad luck. Anderson ain't going to do nothing, you know. No, I wouldn't have put Anderson on. No. So, I mean, what option was there? Refresh me memory. What could we... What could, what could have Moyes done? I would have, I would have taken... Uh, as I would take Noble off. Oh, yeah, uh, well... Yeah. Yeah, and then it, then it would have been Suchek, wouldn't it? Yeah. See, when you look that, at it, you're quite thin, aren't thing I would, I would have put Suchek on. I don't know how long Suchek could last, but I would have tried to get some, uh, take off Noble and replace him with Suchek and see if I could get the maximum amount of time with Suchek. But it's easy to say with hindsight and get that. But I don't get the criticism. You know, too many people want a change for change's sake. Just because you can make a change don't mean you have to make a change. The team was playing well. So, yeah. um, I'm just looking. Uh, the, the, we made the substitution, you know, with ten minutes to go after we after they scored. But I, I, um, I mean, nobody. Well, the only I tell you what, I would have done. I thought we missed, and it is a. It's not a, a problem, but the delivery that. Snodgrass gives us from corners and free kicks um, is some of our best attacking play. Yeah. And I think we miss having that on the pitch. Yeah. and We had seven corners, by the way, and, and that's where they look the most vulnerable. Yeah, and Bowen, I think you'd agree. Yeah, Bowen. Set pieces, they looked really vulnerable, Arsenal, at their set pieces. That's what I'm saying. Defending. And yeah. Snodgrass's delivery is far better than anybody else. Yeah. The no, problem no. we've got is in that position, you've got Bowen, who in the two games and plus two substitute appearances, is far more attacking than Snodgrass in ability. So it's, it's, a, it's a tough choice because that's where I think we lose out. I don't know if you can find a place for Snodgrass and Bowen um, without swapping one for the other. 
for me, Snodgrass is the type of player you play away from home. You like him, don't you? I do, I do like him, yeah. And I think Bowen's the type of player you have playing for you at home. Or I'd like to see Bowen playing maybe off the striker, put Antonio out wide right, put Bowen next to Antonio. Well, and put Antonio's not a striker is, is the only thing I'll say. I know it sounds like I've got it in. He's not a striker. No. And stop playing. It's the same as he's not a right back and we kept on playing as a right back. No, but the, and the thing that people miss out is Antonio scored near enough all his goals from right midfield by coming in at the back post. Yeah. Who do you think the top three were in the Clarence Hugh player ratings? 200 people voting. Who was the top three? Only 200 Bowen. people voted. Yeah. Bowen in there? N- top one. Who do you reckon the top person was? Rice. I'd say Bowen. No, it was Ogbonna. He keeps on getting man of the match. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Uh, second one was Declan Rice. Third was Bowen. Um, and I, 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 we said last week, you know, Ogbonna's having a tremendous season. Funny that some people wanted him out uh, last season and wanted him sold. And he's had one of the best se- Oh, he's had the best season, um, well, since he's been at West Ham this season. And I, he, he's got my man of the match. Uh, sorry, he's got my hammer of the year for this year if he carries on. Anyway, um, he looks like he looks like some Marvel comic baddie, though, doesn't he, Ogbonna? With his bald dead and big eyebrows. Do you not think? <laughs> Sounds like I'm Daddy not you like to say that. You know, do you know what? When I was sitting there, I was like looking and thinking, in my life, he looks like some baddie from some like superhero movie. He's just got these two like caterpillar eyebrows sitting above his head and his big bald head. Do you not mm. think that? No, I don't. I oh. think you're being really rude. Uh, <laughs> Nigel, nine games left. That's not new for me, is it? No, nine games left. Yeah. Uh, 27 points remaining. Uh, how many do you think we'll score between now and uh, the end of the season? Obviously, we did a poll this morning, Clara and you. Yeah. So, how many points? Um, mm, it's tough. I I think we'll get another eight. Len, how many points? What that we'll get from what score the from the, the remaining nine, nine games left? Twenty-seven out of twenty-seven. Um, dozen. A dozen. You, you've got the popular score. Top score is 38%, say we'll get between 11 and 13. 90, 20%, say 14 to 16. And 19%, say 8 to 10, the same as uh, Nigel. So people, that, that should take us. I mean, the first top choices should take us to safety. As I think we said last week, 37 points should be enough uh, this year to be safe, shouldn't it? I reckon you, so. Do you, do you do you feel confident now after that game that we can move on? You know, Wolves have probably got their uh, eyes on a European game more than us. They they drew or, or goalless against um, Brighton. They're beatable, aren't they, Nigel? Nigel, yeah. Sorry. Are they beatable? 
Are, you, are we keeping you up? Or are you busy I'm trying doing to find the puppet I thought he looked like, to be honest. But uh, I can't uh, find it. Sorry, I'll find it later. Um, is, say that again. Is what beatable? Uh, a, wolf, a Wolves beatable. They've got they've got a European game coming Look, up. Every, and every team is beatable. Every, every team is beatable. Uh, as are we, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, much uh, concern. Um, that's, you know, normally you say... If you get beat, you want to see a good performance. Well, we've seen, you know, three or four good performances in a row, but we've only seen three points come from that. So now it's starting to think, well, actually, we need to rack up some points. Problem is Wolves play, you know, a nice brand of football now. They're pushing for a Champion League spot, aside from doing well in Europe. It's not. It's not easy. It's not easy. So we are we all going on Sunday, assuming it's not played behind closed doors. Uh, I'm not there. No, I'm going. Ooh. Why are you Jesus, going? Nigel, uh, yeah. I don't think you've I'd, been yeah. for so long. Yeah, this is killing me to be honest. Um, obviously, because of my daughter's wedding. Um, yeah. This. What, what's it this week? Paintball the other week. What's it this time? It's a Hendo. What? You're going on a Hindu? No, I'm not going on the Hindu, but the, the family going on a Hindu, so I've got other family commitments. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, of course. Nigel stripping. Yeah. So I, I gonna, it gives me a weekend to sort out. The stripping. funny thing is, by the time you're free again, <laughs> we will be playing behind closed doors and you won't see another you know, game. Yeah, this is the thing. You know when I'm free? I'm not free till after the Burnley game. So Norwich See, I, away looks like being my first. You're going to miss oh, another Hammers United um, tell protest, don't you? Tell oh. a lie. I probably will be at the Tottenham game. Oh, good, good. I'll be there. Um, Obviously, we won't we talk- be together, though. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I'll be with Pat. You can give me a wave. <laughs> yeah, an Aussie. Get his um, autograph for me, will you? Who was he? No, Pat. I've got Pat's. It's, oh, I've yeah, got I know. It's, it's yeah. still here. Say to Nigel. I sent yeah. you a copy of it. So, one late, one you know, year later. Yeah. He won't remember. I'll get another one. No, uh, no. Premier League met with the government today. Uh, the um, government minister, culture secretary, Oliver Dowin. Uh, or, uh, is it Dowin? Uh, Dowdin uh, said that they weren't going to overreact. Uh, I think it was on BBC Radio 5 this morning, say, at this stage, we're not in the territory of cancelling or postponing events. Fans should not be barred, he said. Um, A letter went, or an email went, from the Premier League to all clubs earlier, uh, sorry, last week, uh, saying that there were three categories. Category A is described as being the as-you-are or business-as-normal which means they carry on as normal, taking some precautions. Category B would see some or all matches played behind closed doors. Category C, in the worst-case scenario, would involve the cancellation or postponement of the remainder of the Premier League season, which means if that happened, then Liverpool can't win the title and we can't be relegated. Is that right? Uh, I'm not sure. It'll be unfair. You can't you can't finish it early and go. Ah, oh, we're going to stop it there because there's no way you can relegate people 
with four games left to play because you haven't played each other. There would be legal challenges on that. The money's too big. I think Sky will have the ump as well, mate, because they put so much money into the game or the, or the live TV companies. What happens? Do they turn around and go, well, actually, we've missed out on you know showing 30 games. So there's you know 50 million less now in the kitty or whatever it is, more than that. I think you find it's insured, Nigel. Is it? Yeah. I mean, the contract will be a certain... Yeah, but the know. clubs aren't insured, I can tell you that. I well, asked someone earlier, if if they have to if they have to compensate season ticket holders and ticket holders have bought tickets, they, that is not insurable and the clubs will have to pay, pay out their own pocket. Oh, can you hear, hear everyone's hearts breaking? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I think by hook or by crook, the games have to be played, and they'd have you, to you say played. that. But look what's happened in Italy. I mean, they they've. Um, but then you got to do it. You got to play them behind closed doors because everybody's yeah. playing clubs behind closed doors. And this is the thing that Italy is. The problem with Italy is they've only played some games behind closed doors. All games, if you do it, you go right. All games behind closed doors. The problem you got is not the Premier League. It's lower down the ladder. Because those are clubs that do rely on fans attending. You know, the the Rochdales, the Oldhams and, and and the people like that that, that really need the money to set well, United. You know? Even, what the Premier League are saying is they, they're not so worried about people catching coronavirus at the stadium because it's open air. Uh it's actually the going to. It's travelling on the public transport in crowds. And in the pubs and everything else is likely to spread it rather than the actual game going to the games itself. I think that's a bit of a strange thing to say because if one bloke goes to football with coronavirus, imagine how many people he could come into contact. 100, 150? Yeah, then that hundred. Yeah, because everyone washes their hands in the toilets right. at the London yeah, Stadium. Then that hundred and fifty expands, doesn't it? Because that hundred and fifty, yeah. then on their way out, bump into another ten or twenty each. So now you've infected a few thousand people. This is a very uh, real thing because me and the missus are working on an event that's been cancelled. So I'm quite surprised. I'm I'm expecting some kind of reaction to it, football-wise. I think the more it grows, to be honest, I think the more the pressure will be brought on to bear. I can see these games going on. There's a bit of me that thinks they wanted to keep Cheltenham going this week. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, but I think give it another couple of weeks. If it keeps going the way it is, we'll have this weekend of games, and then they'll probably take another look. Mm. It says, in their view, the evidence so far suggests that the main locations where transmission within the general population are most likely to take place is the home, schools, and the workplace with open-air sports events less likely to be a problem than, example, shopping centres, pubs and restaurants. However, the government's view is that the travel around sporting events and the congregation of fans in pubs pose potentially significant risks to people. So, what, shut the pubs down then? Yeah, and, and... and only drive to the but game. What, what, but therefore, why not just play the games behind closed doors? But as long as you televise every game, which which they've got the facility to do. Well, the other thing is to ban the over uh, over seventies, um, of course, including the owners. Right, that's probably been a story for you, isn't it? 
It has been a story. Yeah, yeah, it it has. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I, I will say it now, right? I think there's been a complete overreaction to the coronavirus in the UK. This whole thing about yeah. um, tell that the toilet four rolls. people that are dead. Yeah. Yeah, but they were all. Look, I don't mean to, if you're a relation, someone has dead. I'm sorry, but they've all been over sixty, and they've all had underlying oh, conditions, and they could have died from the flu, seasonal flu, anyway, or something else. This is a party political broadcast from the Conservative Party. <laughs> now, let me tell you something, right? <laughs> now, well, now we're here, right? A <laughs> hundred oh, uh, worldwide, right? There's seven billion people on the planet. A hundred five thousand, a hundred ten thousand people. Oh, no, one hundred six thousand people have got it. Right? Two thirds of those, right? Eighty thousand of those people are in China, by the way. So that only leaves twenty five thousand. Um, two thirds of those are already covered. In other words, they haven't got. They're not infectious anymore. So it's not a hundred. You know it. it it's 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 a small number compared with the um, world population. In the UK, as from Sunday, 273 people are infected from 21,000 that have been tested. That's from a population of 65, 68 million with four deaths, as you said. All of them have been over 60. All of them had underlying um, conditions. So if you c- contract the coronavirus, 81% people have very mild symptoms like you know a cold 14 are severe but don't require going to hospital right um only five percent of people who who catch it are critical and need to go to hospital of which 2.3 percent die and actually outside of china that drops to 1.6 percent out of china well actually it means i'm going to question you there because four people have died already in this country yeah yeah they have well that's over that figure, didn't it? What? Well, we've had got about three hundred. Yeah, deaths. we've got three hundred, and there's been four deaths. So that is slightly over, but it, you need more numbers to even it out. But the yeah, numbers, numbers are quite from, small. It, you know, if you look, yeah, where of we course they will. It'll be like Italy. But here's the thing, right? If you're under fifty, yeah. right? If you're under fifty, you're well. You're you're more likely to win the lottery than die from the coronavirus. Yes, oh, that is true. But what you could right. do is you could go to football, you could become a carrier, and you could take it home and give it to your elderly mum. Yeah, and I and or, I get that. or or whatever that. or any people over eighty, nearly fifteen percent uh, fatality. So I get that. So young people go there, they'll catch it, and they don't show the symptoms. They give it to their grandparents. But but you got to do die you say, something, then? right? You got to die something. Don't, Every day, 150,000 people die. 47,000 people die from heart disease. 26,000 people die from cancer. 3,300 people die from road accidents. 2,130 commit suicide. 1,000 people are murdered each day. 795 drown. 450 die from drugs overdose. You can't solve all these. And I'm going to give you one last stat. In the UK in 2018, the last full season, flu season, right? Flu season, I get a flu jab because I'm asthmatic and it lasts for 13 weeks. Do you know how many people died? 26,408 people died from the flu. Mostly elderly people, 290 people died a day. Where were the headlines about 290 people dying every day? 
But this year, different because it's an undetectable disease. You can carry it for two weeks without the symptoms, and the way it spreads is totally different. Yeah. And and this is the thing. While this is a football podcast, I can't believe you've just said that people got to die anyway. That is. No, I'm just saying. I'm, I wonder, I'm, I'm just saying. made a joke when he said this was a part of political broadcast on behalf of the Conservative Party, Sean. But Jesus sake, Christ, you're beginning to sound very much. I just don't think people should be stockpiling surgical masks, painkillers, hand no, gels. We're talking pasta, about going football, aren't toilet. We? Yeah, we are going football. So let's not over. All I'm saying is let's not have hysteria. Let's just carry on with well, our daily lives. And that includes going to Premier League football, football games. But that's hysteria then. Yeah, just wash your hands with hot water and soap. I'll tell you. That's all you need to do. And let's carry on with our lives and carry on watching football. Yeah. And look at, and all I'll say to you is look how quick it's spread in Italy. Yeah, but they're they're quite dirty, aren't they? Oh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what. It's me cringing. It's Facebook tonight, isn't it? Dear, I, I, dear. I don't. No, I'm not saying they're dirty people. You're I'm just racist. saying. You racist. No, I'm not. I'm just saying. Well, I, I, maybe, Jacob, if you're listening, I expect a story on this. No, no, no. All I'm saying is their personal hygiene is not the greatest, is oh, all I'm saying. Shown. All right, I'm digging myself. Look at that sweeping statement. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, right. dear. oh, dear. Where's, Take three. Where's Paolo <laughs> Dicanio's phone number? Yeah, I, I apologise to all Italians for suggesting their personal hygiene is is not the greatest. Sicily, I could sort of understand, but I think in the north of Italy, Sean, I think you'll find they're far yeah. more better. I, I do apologise. I retract my comments that I made earlier, and I apologise profusely. Anyway, that's my tip, though. Anyway, let's let's hope uh, the remaining West Ham games are not played behind closed doors. Uh, let's move on to the London Stadium. Um, we're running the London Stadium survey. Have both of you filled in the London uh, yeah. Stadium survey? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's a bumper uh, year because we started it. A number of uh, Ian Dale, myself, and others uh, four years ago, and, and we we got the whole community to join in to promote it. Um, and, and the first year it had its most like six and a half thousand. Well, this year uh, we've already surpassed that because it's over. And I'm just just going to check as we speak. Um, it's over seven thousand. Uh, it's a summer of discontent, I think you could say. Um, Hammers United. Uh, sent out a link, uh, both on their Twitter and on their email in the last 24 hours. They are, I'm just checking it now. 7,334, um, and it's only been going just over 24 hours. Did you put it on more than just a podcast Facebook page? I did, yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, 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 yeah, I did. Um, now, the comments will go to the board uh, once I take the swear words out, because... West Ham have a swear filter on their email system. You can't get any emails through if you swear. So I'm going to have to do a little bit of work uh, to get the swear words out and replace them with X's. Not censorship, just X's. Uh, and it will be shared with everybody. It will be shared with Hammers United. It will be shared with all the social media channels that help promote it, uh, all the websites. I won't hide anything. Um, all I can tell you now is there's a big swing against the board. 
there's a big swing against the club doesn't listen, which is not surprising. Um, because I think there's been this perception by the club that it's a minority. But I can tell you now, this is not just Hammers United filling it out. This is a complete cross-section of different um, organisations and, and forums, etc. Um, not just a militant, and, and but but uniformly, the the message is quite strong. Um, what's your view, Nigel? Because I know you've written something on on social media, sort of saying, "What's the point?" Well, no, I mean, look, I, it is. You know, my I've answered these questions. I think the same for the past four years. So, it, for people like me, nothing will change. So, from day one, uh, I've said the same thing. It ain't a proper football stadium. It's a load of old rubbish. Blah de blah de blah. So, it'll be interesting to see the swing. As you're saying, there's a lot more uproar nowadays. You know, Amazon United. Can you do a Peter Snow impression, by the way? What, with a swingometer? Here we go, here we go. If all this was blue and it turns red. I don't know, I can't remember. Is he still alive, Peter? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, it, I, at the end of the day, what notice have they took of the past three that you've done? Well, they've read them all. Well, uh, we know you've read uh, them all because you've sent it to them. And what, are they, what has been their responses? Uh, their responses have been... Um, <clears throat> look. They've read them all. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, oh, you don't know. You don't know what the responses are. So, so, so most of it has been, it's interesting. And, but yes. I know they've read them. But but yes. I don't know if I could take anything and say they read that and they, they acted on it. But, you know, the most, I mean, there's 2,500 additional comments. Um, <laughs> and funny enough, SurveyMonkey creates a word, um, what's the word? A word... Um, picture or whatever it's called and guess what's the biggest term used gsp out yeah gsp is the most used term yeah um yeah well you we'll know. see we'll, we'll see well, look if it will be great i think it, it numbers count um and you know hopefully i don't expect them to come back and say sean oh, yeah we're gonna thank you very much we're gonna do this but um, we'll, see. What, if you, we'll see. At if least you they read it. 30,000 people take it that say, yeah. sling you hook. Then, you know, it, it's something I can believe. The problem, the, the way I see it and why I think, you know, the protests are a growing thing and it's got to grow from something and it's getting better. But while they can sit there and bide their time is at this moment in time, they can say, Let's say there's 6,000 fans protesting. I'll pick the middle number because that's what it looked like to me. 6,000 fans protesting. We've got 55,000 season ticket holders, maybe more. Let's say 55,000, 49,000 fans are not protesting. You know, bearing in mind that we know that there's fans that are protesting but are not going to the game but we'll just jumble it up. So therefore they'll look at it and go, well, there's 49,000 fans not protesting. Yeah. I think that's exactly how they look. Um, I'm going to read a statement released today from Hammers United. Have you read it? 
I can see it. Yeah. Following the phenomenal turnout on February the 29th, the committee can outline plans for further protests. Some details must be clipped close to our chest, but we can assure you a great deal of work continues. The back black balloon protest will now be held every away game before kickoff, and, and it was at the Emirates. Uh, I saw that, and I ran a story on that. There will be action at all remaining home games. We have a specific plan for each one aimed at achieving a number of objectives. We will share the details where possible in the build-up to each protest. There will be some details for some protests that cannot be shared. Interesting. The next mass protest will be at the home game versus Burnley. So not the Wolves one. Please put April the 18th in your diary. We mobilised 8,500 people on February the 29th and would love to top that on the 18th. Yeah. I don't buy that 8,500. Looking at all the pictures, you know, for me, even the... I said it last week... You know, hey, I've got it. You know, I know already, you've got yourself in trouble. I've, been, I've got in trouble for even running report on that number. Yeah. Um, but, you know, How can you get into trouble about it, Sean? I well, I, I reported it like a journalist would, saying yeah. that you know, this was claimed and, a, and a, a senior person in the club um, took exception to, um, you know, what he called a, a false report and um, and wasn't happy with my reporting. I'm, I'm not going to oh. say any more than that. Alright. I'm very unhappy, Sean. Desperately unhappy with you over this. Did you sound like that when you said it? No comment. Uh, it's because you're getting nasty now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, I don't know the protest. That, really. that comes on top when I upset another yeah. senior person at the club last week yeah. and I got, a, got a, an email. Oh, doing well. I can't do an impression of her. Oh, who said it was a her? I can. <laughs> I do a good impression of her. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, well, you can't no. do that. It's not what I just did. Oh, you can't it's do that. The day after National Women's Day, or <laughs> yeah. whatever it was, the National yeah. Women's Day. Anyway, well, I've only got upset one more, and I get a, a yeah. set of steak knives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm cheap to go. Anyway, I'm um, United. I mean, go on. I, I, you know, I, I wrote my blog. Oh, yeah, you did. Friday. Do you want to talk about that? Well, I, you know, it seems like an obvious thing to me to do. The problem, what, what keeps them there is they generate money. What keeps Brady in her position is, and we know this, is the fact that commercially she is good for West Ham. Yeah? For the commercial business. So, if we to weaken the way I see it, if you want to weaken Gold and, and, and Sullivan, you, you have to take Brady out. How do you take Brady out? You have to go after the commercial aspect of the club, the business club. I don't support West Ham Business Club, I support West Ham Football Club. And it also backs up the support the team, not the regime. And what you do, it's easy. You publicly make a statement saying, I'm not going to buy any of your products. To be fair, having looked at the list, it's very easy. Though I did keep one of the partners off the list. Who was that? Uh, Spire Health. Because uh, for me, it wouldn't have sat right asking people to, even though it's a private hospital, to um, block, um, you know, if you're under the healthcare treatment or whatever, that's something that's important. So therefore, 
if you look at the blog I wrote, I kept Spy Health's name uh, yeah. out of it. All the others, there was a new one this week, Tire X, that well-known brand of tyres. You know, as I joked, it's not like Goodyear are going to ever advertise with us, are they? Um, so, and then you say, I've cancelled my Betway account. I never spent a lot of money with them, but I just deleted it. I've stopped following West Ham on forms of social media. This is something that's done that, you, that people around the world can do. You ain't got to turn up and march. You ain't got to throw a balloon in the air when the team walks out on the pitch. You can do this. It is that simple. If it's done a lot, and then you put pressure on the corporate partners and and the corporate people to pull the plug, to not do anything, put pressure on that way because it is the finance that keeps it there. If she's good for the club financially, they're going to sit there. And we know that is because, you know, a senior source has said that yeah. she's good for the club financially. Now, I know Amish United – it was someone else put it on their Facebook group and everything else for whatever reason, they don't want to pick up on it from what I can see. I see you, uh, you, you mentioned this on, on social media to them yeah. um, and you didn't get a reply. Yeah. I, why? So if anyone from Amazon United listens, wants to say why, you know, I know there's certain things they want to keep close to their chest, but this is such an easy thing that brings the hut that, that, Someone in Texas can do. Someone in Australia can do. Someone in China can do. Well, it's the, but this is money that goes to the club, isn't it? But this is about, and, and this is the thing where I said, people said, oh, it goes to the club. This is the corporate side. If you want to give money to the thing, you still buy it. I'm, I'm not advocating a boycott of games. So, because what you do is you support the team, not the regime. Yeah. Okay. So it buys me um, with a thing. I wrote a blog about it, which, to be fair, <clears> I knew you wouldn't publish it, and I didn't think Ian Dow would publish it. So it sort of cut off who I thought would publish it. Hey, I'm in enough trouble as it is. Exactly. But, um, yeah. So w- would you have published it? Uh, if if <laughs> if maybe it was completely venture, <laughs> yes. But I I have a partner in crime and. And therefore, we have to take joint edu- yeah. ed- editorial decisions. Yeah, so no, typical. No. I was going to say typical. You, <laughs> you know, why use one word when you can use a paragraph? No, you wouldn't have published it. So therefore, no. I remembered I had my old blog, which I had to reset the password to because I couldn't remember how to log into it, and did it on there. It's had about five hundred views, which is good for me. To be fair. So a few people yeah. on Twitter have picked up on it and, and whatever. And because mm-hmm. it is that easy, you just say, no, I'm not going to do it. But if thousands of people did it, it would send a message. Because so at the end right. of the day... Well, put, why, put a link on, on the Facebook page. Why the well, people? people are doing the London Stadium yeah. survey and click on, you came from more than just a podcast, uh, have a look at um, his blog post. you got to remember, people, why the, why the companies want to associate with West Ham? Why have we got a tyre? Why have we got, you know, healthcare? Why have we got a toothpaste company? You know, why have it's we all got gone on Socius lately, hasn't it? It has, yeah, where their, their money's sinking like stone. Thanks to, you know. Well, so, somewhere here, I was trying to, there's a website called Note Associates, and I was trying to talk to them because there's been some kind of, not scandal, but, but yeah, the, the, the price has been going down on this cryptocurrency and, I don't quite understand it, so I've asked him to explain it. Layman's terms, yeah. he hasn't got back to me yet. 
Oh, well, he probably don't like you. Um, <laughs> Do you know who he is? Then? I've got a good idea who it is, yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, I'll text okay. you later. Uh, so, okay, fine. Um, but basically, yeah. It's George Mann, by the way. We've agreed like three times on something this year. No, so I don't it can't think be George Mann. George Mann. All oh, right, okay, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the reason why people partner up with the club is because they want access to the database, isn't it? The fans. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. they want. Yeah. And that Kieran is why Maguire, you have to um, go after it. Kieran Maguire said this. I, I, I'm uh, Since he's been on our podcast, I listen to the Price of Football podcast every Monday. Sometimes it's on a Thursday as well. And I find it fascinating, the world of football finance. And he said now uh, people are buying football clubs to get access to the data. They're not buying it as a football club. They're saying, look, we can engage with, um, you know, West Ham have a database of nearly a million fans. That's one of the, uh, that's why, who was the company that bought into Man City? Apparently, that's what they were really excited about, access to an engagement with all these fans. The data was more important to them than the football club. And talking of that, um, you'll see, or you may have seen, uh, they've put, uh, Southampton up for sale for two hundred and fifty million today. Did you see that? Yes, I did. Yeah. So interesting data, data, data. You're right. It's uh, it's the new oil. Is it's the a new oil. Phrase. Yeah. Data is a new oil. You look at West Ham's Twitter feed. I mean, I said I've stopped following now, but and this is the thing I noticed they they, they will tweet out an article linked to a sponsor, and what they're actually doing is. They're advertising that sponsor to us. So I think if you look... I don't it's know, a new tyre, people, isn't it? Tyre X. So I think we've got like one, West Ham had 1.3 million followers on Twitter, on the Facebook page. And that's what it needs. It needs a, a, a mass unfollowing. It can be done. Liverpool managed to do it. The, Liverpool the fans person. went after RBS quickly. Liverpool fans went after RBS Bank. And and yeah. put pressure on them, and, and in the end, it's held, and, and they called in a loan on on G- Hicks and Gillette. The person responsible for all this, you could look him up, is called Krim Krim Varani, okay. and he's the chief commercial officer at West Ham. He was actually bought in, and I met him when he first joined. He was a digital officer. He was bought in to look at the digital, but quite quickly, he signed so many deals, he was made chief commercial officer. You can look him up on LinkedIn. He's a marketing professional. What's surprise, his name? surprise. Karim. Karim. Karim Varani. So let's get this right. What's his last name? Varani. Okay. Why? Are you looking him up? Yeah. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas. dot com slash acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Uh, so he he's the guy who's doing the deals with. All you know, every other week there's a toothpaste. You know, the official toothpaste sponsor and the official tire sponsor and the official e-cash sponsor, etc. He's the one responsible for it. Sorry, um, Len, I, I interrupted you. That's all right. Please continue. Oh uh, no, I was going to say it sounded like he's been he's sold a lot of because he's sold a lot of advertising. They've pushed him up the ladder, which sounds a little bit familiar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wonder who else that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's worked for EE, Betfair, Sky. He's he's tweaked uh, to protect him. (laughs) Yeah, if you look him up on LinkedIn, constantly driven. Yeah, 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 I don't use that, thanks. Yeah, okay. Uh, Anyway, uh, (laughs) four stories I want to talk about uh, in the news, and obviously we ran in Clarendon Hugh this week. Um, First one is Brady's second Sun column. So fans have been up in arms for a long time saying give up your column, it's a conflict of interest. No one reads the sun because of the hills, blah, 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 blah. So what she do, she goes and gets a second column on the sun on Sunday, giving careers advice. That's gone down like a lead balloon. Secondly, we, we can talk can, about can these answer that now, or do, do, do Go on, go on. Yeah, you can t- answer that one now. Go Quickly, on. I don't have a problem with her writing as long as she don't write about football. Okay, all right. Or West Ham United. Se- secondly, uh, Harry Redknapp. In the news, got caught by a TV sting. Uh, dispatches, I think it was. He was offered twenty grand to promote a, a fake charity. Fifteen grand to do one social media um, post, uh, and another five grand for a photo. Uh, he was given the cash, and uh, has now been exposed. Uh, are we being unfair with Harry, or is it right to expose stuff like this? What's the nastiness? Is it the cash bit or the deal bit? Well, there's, there's no there's no suggestion he wasn't going to pay tax on it. The cash bit is not the issue. The thing is that, that celebrities are available for hire yeah. to promote charities. As are football clubs to promote tyres, aren't they? Oh, yeah, fair enough. Good point. Uh, uh, I mean, look, you know on. me, I'm only going to defend Harry, and I? I'm not really Uncle Harry, <laughs> your mate Harry. So if someone comes up and says, look, I'll give you 20 grand to do this, and you think, if you're mad enough to give me 20 grand to do it, I'm mad enough to do it. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, and to be fair, I would want cash as well. So, uh, what I, charity I, was it? 
Uh, it no, was some bizarre. Oh, it was made charity. up, though, wasn't it? It was made up. You it, see, the thing it, is, it was plastics against plastic misuse. Oh, in that's Africa, right. Something. Yeah, I'm sorry. Do you know what? I've done a little, uh, little animation for Gonzo, and I forgot the old story. Yeah. No, I was lip syncing it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what it was called. It was Dispatches uh, Copper. <laughs> it sounds like made up. Cleaning up plastic pollution in Africa is that's what, the made up. Yeah. It's a bit brass eye, isn't it? Is it yeah. program? <laughs> you know, the, the thing about it is, uh, uh, the sounds of it, that this does happen. 20 grand's not a lot for a, a charity to pay someone to be an ambassador for, really. For my, I mean, I've got my cousin's son works with. This is for a tweet, though, Len. A, a tweet. A, a tweet. Oh no, fuck that. No. Hold up, hold up, right. And this is the thing. Did did they approach Harry and go, Harry, how much? Or did they approach Harry and go, Harry, we'll give you twenty grand, right? Because yeah, probably, probably the latter, right? So if it's the latter, yeah. What's he going to do? Actually, well, actually, Instagram. It wasn't a tweet. Yeah, it was right. an Instagram oh. post. But all the same. But what's he going to say? Actually, my rate's normally five. No, you're going to go. You need to talk to my accountant, Rosie, is what he's going to say. 20 grand, he'll go, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm sorry. I ain't going to knock the geezer for that. All right, all right. Let's move on to the third story. Go on. The third story uh, of the week is the Masiabu. Yeah, can Uh, I I just point out? Yeah. Yeah. If, if, Roshan Thomas, who wrote the story, is listening, Roshan. I paid my money to read it, and I did read it. Uh, so copying and pasting it, Sean, and putting it in a WhatsApp group, that's, you know, I paid. Uh, it, wasn't me. it wasn't me that copy and pasted it, it actually, if you remember. No. Who was it? David. Oh, all right, I'll have a go at him later. All right, go on. Um, so Massey Abu, and, and I ran a story on this, but I didn't. I knew copy, you'd run a story. Of course I'd run a story. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't copy and paste the story. You're right, because people have paid the athletic. I, I ran a story on Sir Massey Abu. And, and the big story is, uh, the exclusive that the athletic got is, he is not a bus driver in Basildon. That has been told, that story has been told for a few years now, and the paper ran it. Uh, he is not a bus driver. He has gone back to the Ivory Coast. He runs an academy called the Red Academy because he's a big a Liverpool fan, as he tells everybody. Um, he uh, His daughter lives in London. He comes back very often, and he's coming to the Chelsea game. And I think what we should do, and I'm going to run a story just before the Chelsea game, is we've got to start uh, the Abu chant going. Um, well, we do most people. weeks after we the final whistle, <laughs> don't we? What were your memories of Samassi Abu, Nigel? Oh, mate, there's quite a few. Um, Barnsley, didn't he get a couple of goals? Um, Mm -hmm. I think they talked about the miss against Man United. I I don't know if he played against Emley in the FA Cup third round game. Um, I don't remember that. Is that the... uh... That wasn't that weren't the year, was it? I thought Emily was a bit before his time. Emily was not. That's when he was ninety eight, wasn't it? He 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 was there with Artson and 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 Kitson and Lampard just broke into the team and Rio. Um, that was his era. Us, Trevor Sinclair. You know, he he he, he came into the club. No one had ever heard of him. Yeah, no. Nah. He was a yeah. Harry Redknapp Gamby, yeah. Gamble, Gamble, wasn't he? You know, he turned up. He played football the right way. Smile on his face. Scored a few goals. 
No. Round How many did he score? Come on, I've, I've got it in front of six. me. How many do you reckon he scored? I was about to say six. Is it five six? goals. Five, five goals in 37 appearances. Yeah, but hold up. A lot of them appearances were a substitute. So how many did yeah. he start and how many did he come on? So, you know, he had a nice touch of the ball. He, he used to do this thing where he could take the ball and try and spin the defender. So he'd try and flick it round um, and then make the ball as it spun back round. What was a famous quote from Harry Redknapp about his uh, his English? I don't know. Go on. What was it? We weren't that don't famous. speak the English too good, is what Harry Redknapp oh. said. Well, he's French. That's why. Yeah, yeah. But it was Harry saying that. Oh. He don't speak the English too good. Nor does don't Harry. speak good England. Yeah. Um, and he used to think, when when people were shouting a boo, though they were booing him, didn't he? Yeah, and and, yeah. and and the other story he talks about, which is uh, I I didn't know about this at the time, is <laughs> I don't know who it was, but someone of his teammates told him that it was okay to swear on British TV, so he went on Soccer AM live, um, and and said f off Weren't live on John Moncur, oh, was it? It probably was. Yeah, <laughs> I think I remember that story now. Oh, actually, uh, my own story says it was six. It's uh, Abu scored six goals in 26 appearances in his first season. So he must have scored uh, six goals and not the five goals, it says on uh, my source, Wikipedia. Um, So there you go. I listen to Wikipedia. It's a matter we are. Right, anyway. Yeah, I know, but sometimes. No, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry right you ready he played what? 19 appearances and came on as a sub 12 times scoring 6 goals his first game was the 9th of November 1997 and his last game was the 16th of January 1999 uh, name those 6 goals then come on so over there again. he scored against Arsenal at home yeah. he got 2 against Barnsley the game I said yeah. I remembered he yeah, scored against Leeds United and he got two against Leicester City. That's your lot. He didn't play in... Yes, he did play in the Emily FA Cup game. He did. He oh, came, there you go. There you go. He came on as a Abu. sub. I'll get ready for the Chelsea game. Abu! And he might come to the uh, Burnley game, he says. Yeah. He says he always comes, even though he's a Liverpool fan, self-confessed Liverpool fan, he always comes to watch West Ham when he's over. So the final story, we could have done the story about the uh, Italian manager we're looking at, but I'm going to look over that one as a sort of bit of fake news. The last one, which I know Nigel's got a bit to say about, is West Ham finally, finally announced the new sensory room. So this this has been a long time coming. West Ham, in consultation with the disabled um, supporters board, are wanting to get a, a sensory room for... Uh, autistic children and adults or people that suffer anxiety or panic. Um, And it was finally announced. What wasn't announced is uh, the room it's in is actually a box. It's actually very close to where I sit in the West Stand, uh, in between just above section 113 and 114. It's the box that you often see blacked out with studio lights because it's used by Sky and BT for their studio. So you can already tell on UK televised games, it's probably not going to be available unless they find another room for it. And basically they wheel this equipment in and wheel it out 
before the game. Uh, I know this is a, a subject close to your heart, and you offered uh, your wife to be part of this because she has a, a charity connection. Um, is this a good thing, or do you think they've done it the wrong way, Nigel? No, it's a good thing. Uh, hands down, it's a good thing. It's took them years. This, you know, this goes back to when we were in the SAB together. Yeah, yeah. It does. You know, I, I can tell you I received a phone call, it must be three years ago, from a certain director at the football club telling me how wonderful it's going to be and we're getting this thing done. When we, Tara Warren? Yes, when we moved into the stadium. <laughs> three years yeah. later, they finally achieved it. Yeah, yeah? and she yeah, rang yeah. me up because she knew that it was something that I'd asked about. You know, typical West Ham, for me, sort of go about it the wrong way. But at the end of the day, perhaps it's the fact that they've got there. We, we should just say, well done. I, I think the yeah. proof of being the pudding, let's see what the kids think when they go in there. Let's see the people that use it, what they think. Because that's the main part, actually, is if it works for them, then it's a good, you know. It, it has a soft launch at the um, Saints game. I wasn't allowed to say anything, but as a soft launch there. Uh, and they took some some guests in there and they took some VIPs, etc. So that's where the pictures came from. Um, let's see how it goes. Um, you know, my, my beef obviously was the fact that, again, you know, in, if you read West Ham's article, they had Spire Health give it the professional once over. Yeah, he did. But Spire Health is a private healthcare company that is not a specialist with people with those needs. They're a private hospital company. So why didn't they go to the National Autistic Society as a as a group? I don't know. Well, it's it's, it's typical it's West Ham. Why would they use Spire Health? Who actually, if you've got if you've got a child with special needs, you're not really going to go to Spire Health. That was my little beef with it. But you know, I'm not... well. They went to is it called the Sh- Shipley Foundation? Or yeah, something? yeah. But they, this was so basically Newcastle did this years ago. And it was this. Uh, it was the mother and father set up this foundation to advise other clubs because they helped. Sunderland were the first club to do this, put in a sensory room. If you've been to Watford next to the away fans, big sensory room, permanent sensory room there. But hey, you know we don't own the you know the ground, so we should be grateful. Yeah, good. Well, let's let's leave that on the positive note. Is there any other articles or news stories that caught your eye before we mo- we move on to question time? No. No. Nothing comes to mind. Unless you okay. want to tell us a bit more, Sean? I don't I don't think so. I think um I, I did run this story that came from Italy about uh Verona manager uh, and there being interest, but uh, I really don't dirty. see that. Well was too dirty, was he? Was he too dirty? Come from Italy. <laughs> Start that again. Come on, take your time. Come on, again. Oh, dear. Especially if I've edited it, um, which oh, I won't. Yeah. Um, but, but, <laughs> so, um, look, what, the way I understand it is, he's on, for this six months, he's on a million quid. He's on two million quid a year. 
basic and two million quid to keep us up this year. So at the moment he earns a million quid for the six months. This is David Moyes. He gets two million quid for keeping us up, right? So he earns double his amount of money for six months keeping us up. Another two million pound next year. I don't know what the bonus is for for keeping us up or getting us promoted, whatever division we're in. Um, but if they did decide in the summer, that's how much it's going to cost them. Two million quid. You know, that's what's left on the contract. Okay. Very good. But anyway. I was somewhere yesterday that was very depressing. Go on. I was in Green Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were. Do you know what? I've been there so many times. But actually, yesterday, for some reason, it, it, it was a bit. Yeah, I don't know. Do you want to explain to your listeners? How many people turned up for your tour? Two. It was a what, spe- one special extra play. from... Yeah, one extra, yeah. So... Um, what, completely random? No, I knew it was. Um, All right. So, basically, yeah. I took a couple of people on the Hammers History Tour around the wonderful sites of Canning Town and Plasto. And Upton Park. I've done it. So you've done it. Yes, you have done I've it. Still, you? Do you know, yeah, I've got the YouTube, which I've never released. I don't. I, well, I you don't made know a video, can... did you? Yeah, did you? Yeah, I made a video of the whole tour. Um, but I've never edited it together and put it together oh, and released. If you still it. got it? Send it to me. I'll have a look at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got it. Yeah, there, there was one downside to it in that um, it, it's a bit different to the one that you took because I started now at North Greenwich. And Ooh. the reason for that is we get the cable car across the river. And of course, the cable car, one, is good for tourists because they love a bit of that. And one of them was American. So I thought it'd be nice for them to come on the cable car. And two, is the cable car takes you near enough right over where the Thames Ironworks was. So you can explain to the people that that is where the shipbuilding was done. You go, you can see the mouth of the River Lee where it meets the Thames. And you can see parts of where the graving dock was. Uh, but it was closed for maintenance. So... <laughs> after arranging, That's rubbish. yeah, I know. After arranging the meeting at North Greenwich, for, so I got the train from Canning Town, parts of Canning Town, got the train from North Greenwich, to North Greenwich, walked to the thing to find out it was shut. We didn't have to walk back, get the train back to Canning Town. Oh no, rubbish! And then start the tour from Canning Town, yes, station. Well, I'm trying to think where we started with your tour. I think we started at Silver something, yeah, um, Silver Town Way. Silverstown Way. Yeah, opposite. The and then we, we looked into a bit of rubble where uh, That's it, yeah. where where Thames Ironworks used to be. Yeah, which was the cross route. And then right. you'd tell us various murder stories as we walked past the gym <laughs> and stuff, uh, which weren't part of the West Ham tour. And then we went to um, the old ground. Canning Town Station first. Oh, yeah. You had to look at the wall. And, and the part yeah. of the warrior that's still there. Oh, of course we did. Yeah, and then and then we saw where West Ham was formed. Um, yeah, Barking Road. That's correct. Uh, then we moved on. We saw a McDonald's where the training ground used to be. Am I right? No, it's not the training ground. There was a school there originally oh, that West Ham used to train in because the trainer was caretaker. That's right. Or something. Um, and then we moved on to the memorial ground, or is that? Am I jumping ahead? You're jumping ahead first. We go to Hermit Road where the Thames Iron. Oh, yeah, Hermit Road, yeah. Uh, 
which is where the mural was that I put the photo in the group yesterday. Yeah, it was taken, yeah. and then we went to the memorial ground. Yeah, and then we go from the memorial ground to the bowling. What was oh in the memorial? That's where those poles were, wasn't it? Yes, people. The, the memorial to the Albion, uh, the people that were killed when the Albion was launched. Yeah, and and then after that was what the bowling. Yeah, I mean the bowling pub shut being refurbished. Well, no, when we did it, we didn't go onto the bowling because well, the bowling, no, bowling was still, was still there. When we did it. we were still going to the game that yeah, day. Now, so. now, obviously, that's a natural finish. So yeah, now we go to the bowling. Yeah, and we we finished at the memorial ground actually, and then yes, then we walked to the black line and had a drink. Then we walked, walked to the black line. You're right. Yeah, which where Bobby Moore used to drink, of course. That is true. Yes. How how are they doing the black line? By the way. Uh, I think they're doing all right. It was always a busy pub, to be fair. I used to drink in there outside of football. So it was always a busy pub that, that would keep what was straight. What was your drinking hole, Len? Um, the, the Queen's mainly. How was it? Honest, no, well, it depends. Well, Early on. Wipe your feet on the way out. Never, never no, had no. you down as a Queen's man. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Early on, it was a central in the nineties. Yeah. Oh, central. Yeah. Um, the bowling was all right. Actually, all of the pubs. I can't really, I can't really pin my um, association to uh, to one of them. But I don't know. Before the black line, be. we used to drink in um, Greengate. Oh, the Greengate. Uh, no, oh, Greengate, uh, the castle opposite it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, until they got raided and then shut down. Greengate, which is now a Tesco's. Uh, there used to be an old pub. Was it called the Prince Albert? They yeah. used to have a leaky roof. Albert, yeah. And they did the best roast potatoes after the game. They used to get roast potatoes, right? And they'd put them free of charge on the bar. And they used to be covered in salt and pepper. Like you wouldn't believe that you had to drink so much. But they were the best roast potatoes. And when it rained, there were buckets uh, the roof used to leak, and even though there was an upstairs, it used to come up the upstairs and through, and there'd be buckets. Supermarket now, what, the Prince Albert, yeah, the Albert is, yeah. It was a right old rough pub, but that's where we used to drink afterwards. We'd always drink in either the castle or Greengate, uh, before, um, and, th- and then when they shut, we moved on to, to the Black Lion, and uh. And then, and then the S- S- Stanley maybe uh, occasionally, but not very often. When we used to walk in there, they'd look at us like you know, <laughs> we'd walked into the wrong pub, or oh, we spy strangers out of town and see, in the Stanley. Yeah, it's a bit. Oh, well, the Green Gate. I mean, I was blimey. I'd, I I used to work across the road to it in the solicitors as a boy, and the locksmith shop across the road was where I learned to be a locksmith from the Green Gate. And I always remember um, a young kid got shot dead in there. And I think oh, right. it was his cousin that shot him dead. Like a family, yeah, dispute. We yeah. used to have pine mash at Greengate as well. I don't know if that's still going. No, it's become a calf now. Oh, is but it? But that was Atten's, to be fair, before it was pine mash. Atten's did loads of different things. They were a car and, company. And they did mobile and, phones. And the Victoria Tavern, uh, after a game, if uh, if we'd won... 
uh, would go to the Victoria Tavern because they used to have some really good live music and ska nights. Yeah, they still a bit, still a, a busy pub. Yeah, we went there on the last tell. day after the Bolin. Yeah. Did you did you come back with? Oh, you didn't, did you? But me no. and John, John and I went to. Uh, I stayed in the ground. We, oh, you did. Yeah, we went to the Vic after the. Where where did you go after the last day at the Bolin, Len? Went home. Oh, did you? That's sad. Yeah, in fact, we just. Uh... Yeah, we had to catch our last train. We didn't even watch to see um, the right at the end. We had to go. Oh, really? Yeah. I missed, we missed all our trains. I tell you yeah. what, we were just, it just didn't matter, you know, that night. Yeah, well, it did with the person I went with, so, you know. Well, my sister missed the train to sat in, so, you know, I'm not advocating this because obviously I'd had a drink, but I didn't have to drive all the way home to South End. I don't think we're going to have another podcast after this. Drink yeah. driving, oh, no. casual <laughs> racism. <laughs> and none of this is me, which is quite a surprise. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's time for this. Yeah. It's Facebook, Twitter question time. While you, the eight listeners, get to ask us the two presenters and one special guest questions of fact and ask also Shebman to do impressions or accents and not a sense like I put. <laughs> so Nigel, have you managed to get the Facebook? Yeah, I've had it for a while. It's just such yeah. a long way you managed to drag the life out of it. I mean, you, you know, typical you, you know, you threw a lot in here, didn't you? You put I did. John and George in self-isolation. It's me and you. You missed the Len out. Uh, well, we, we hadn't asked Len at that point. I didn't want to let him. Yeah. <laughs> it was a late substitute. We haven't even thought of him. Now you've yeah. let the cat out of the I'll bag. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you later whose idea it was, Len. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When we were, were we unlucky at Arsenal, Sean asked, will we survive? Do you believe in David Moyes after love? Have you filled out the London Stadium survey? What a scent. Would you like Nigel to attempt? It was supposed to be accents, but I did yeah, it on my mobile. I, I think I've got that. Uh, Ian Wiley. Should we have won against the Gooners? We had the better chances. Just need to take them. Time's running out, he says, with nine games left. We should get something the weekend for sure. And I think we will on the last performances. And he loves the pod every week. Thank you very much, Ian Wiley. I thank you. Oh, thank you. Next up is our good friend, Mr. Dodds. The um, Who's not at the cinema. No, he's not. What was that? Uh, not Barry Humphreys, was it? Who's the, uh, Barry Norman, was it? Was that, is that Barry Norman. Yeah, I Barry think he's Norman. dead now. He's the, is it, well, he's the Barry Norman of more than just a podcast. Richard Dodds. All right, my handsomes, because he, he, he come from the West Country. He talked a bit funny, even though he was born in Sheffield. But don't hold that against him, people, because he must have left on very early. It says, this coronavirus has really got people going on the internet. Even Sean thinks he knows what he's on about. If you've heard him, you won't. You'll realise he doesn't. Mind you, I'm not so sure he can pronounce the word coronavirus. He probably thinks he's someone from Mexico we're trying to sign. Also, I have to admit, you're sussed out that I am an usherette, he says, in the local cinema world, to be exact. He says, questions. 
How really, really bad? Ice cream. Yes, I've, I've not read How uh, really, really bad is Nigel super sick? Fuck off. Uh, oh, he is. He's really bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, scored another 14, by the way, on Tuesday. Yeah. What are the team's views on the bitch Brady now doing a second column for the scum in uh, the sun? Uh, is that a terminology, Sean, you'd use, bitch Brady? Uh, I think it's a little bit harsh. I try not to get personal in anything. As I said to the lady herself, I, it, it's not personal. All right. You didn't go, well. Um Anyway, I have started to boycott talk sport between 10 and 1 o'clock in the morning as a protest between 10 o'clock and 1 o'clock in the morning. He says there's a protest against Jim White, but between 10 and 1 yeah, o'clock, that's, right. that's the... 10, 10 in the morning and 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, see, he's put 10 o'clock and 1 o'clock in the morning. Well, that's Goldstein and Cundy, isn't it? Not Jim White. Come on, Dodds, mate. Keep up. Uh, with this in mind, who does Nigel feel we could seriously boycott and make a difference? Uh, you've gone through that, I think you? we've gone through that, yeah. All, all the companies. Uh, and then Maid Miriam's piped up and said, notice he said usher it rather than usher, each to their own. Uh, well, I reckon he, I can imagine him selling the ice cream. Do people still sell ice cream at um, cinemas, the talkies? Uh, well, Dodsy will tell us next week. Charlie folks says, let's read him out. You can't call it unlucky when we just weren't good enough at finishing. Why doesn't someone have a movement, uh, a word about movement when we got a throw in? Uh, Antonio with the long throws seemed quite decent though. If Ramona virus means we're not allowed to attend matches anymore, will season ticket holders get a refund? How about free streaming with mics on so we can sit at home shouting and singing? It's relayed back to the stadium to create an atmosphere. And he's funny you should say that because I, I asked this question myself earlier. Um, uh, I also asked it to Kieran Maguire, actually, Price of Football. My understanding is uh, clubs are legally obliged to refund you the proportion of that game to you. Uh, they don't have insurance. It will not be funded by the Premier League. Uh, uh, and But they are in conversation with broadcasters who would be asked to broadcast the game live and pay a fee equal to the money they lost, and that money would go to the clubs. That is that is the kind of deal they're looking for. Of course, they probably want to sell it for more than they would get uh, in tickets, so actually it would be probably more profitable for the clubs. But but that's that's the negotiations uh, I understand that were ongoing today with the Premier League and, and Sky and BT. Thank you very much. He says, one other thing, is playing well and losing compared to playing badly and losing the next level we've been waiting for? <laughs> well, you, you've always said, you've always said that uh, you don't mind if we lose as long as we're playing well. Yes, that's true. Yeah, give it a go, yeah. Yeah, that's right. What can you I'd do? Rather, that's what you can hope for, isn't it? I'd rather play well and win, though, if I'm honest with you. Oh, fuck me, yeah. Well, I'd, and this is the thing, yeah, so would I. But what I'm saying is, is that in defeat, and let's face it, we do lose more than we win. You know, this is West Ham, that you want to see the team make an effort. 
which we've seen last three games. Exactly, and and therefore the fans have been far more better. There's been less criticism because of that, as they're not. Yeah, thanks, Len. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a bit of the blame game on social media the other day, though, wasn't there? Well, the Arsenal game, but you know, that's, that's always no, yeah, that's people social get upset, media. Don't they? Yeah, people get upset. You know, it's tribal. Yeah, I, I mean, on the forums, I generally keep on. Or not generally. I've never got involved in the match game threads because the way I've always looked at it is that at the bowling there was like thirty five thousand pairs of eyes, and near enough, everyone viewed the game differently. So, while your point of view, mate, is what you believe, it's not necessarily what happened, is it? Because we all see different things from different parts of the ground in different ways. Viva la difference, people, speaking French, which we'll come to later. Evening all, says Ziggy Stardust. Despite the defeat to Arsenal, let's dance. And revel in the enjoyment of our last-minute January signing, Jim Bowen has injected some grit and desire into the team. See, it was smashing grit. Yeah, well, see, I still prefer uh, Jerry Bowen because uh, he's like champagne. Whilst he's finally got the set-up right, dodgy Dave still isn't my first choice, but he's a tad more confident of us being in the Premier League next season. He's looking forward to filling out the survey, but not so sure there's a question to ask if you're bald in or out. Perhaps Carrots and Huge should do an alternative survey for change. If they did, what would be the killer questions? So let me just tell you, lots of people, I mean, so someone would was you asking. Be, oh, I've got a question for you, Sean, quickly. Would you be carrots or huge? <laughs> I don't get it. I'll be I'll be huge if, if I've got a choice. Well, yeah, I've seen you. All right. Yeah. Um, so people have asked, why didn't I have a question about the training facilities? Why didn't I ask about the scouting? And I said to them, look, I'm not calling this person out. I went, because it's a London Stadium survey. And people said, well, why didn't you add other questions and I went because the whole point of this survey which which we were created four years ago was to ask the same questions every year and see how it improves so the reason I don't add extra questions is I do want to have consistency of how things are improving year after year and and now it's the fourth year so if you keep on adding questions that are pertinent at that time you sort of, it sort of loses its. I mean, that's my opinion anyway. But that that's why there's not a there's not a question on board out. There's not a question on scouting. There's not a question on um, the uh, training facilities. Yeah. So basically, people, it's the same questions every year. It's because he's too lazy to write new ones. He just copies <laughs> and pastes it. I know. I don't even copy and paste it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll see you a little story here. What's he doing? It, it's not. It's not even my platform. It's Ian Dale's uh, platform. <sighs> that bus that he uses. <laughs> server. He's the one who oh. pays for it using Survey Monkey, right? Uh, and I, I every year I email Ian Dale and go, "Can I use Survey Monkey again?" He goes, "Yes." I go in, I literally pr- press the word copy and it closes it completely. And I just change the word on the title to say 2020 instead of 2019. And I press publish and that's it. But that's the only way you can get accurate results anyway. So it's not a bad thing. No, 
but but you're right. There's not a lot of effort. Yeah, and then you get people like me to just answer it the same every year. So just don't really learn anything, do you? Well, not everybody does that. No, that's right. You've just said poor, 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 poor. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yes. Like some dog scratching at the door. Uh, even in Pips, says Belinda Kakatis, not Stelios. Uh, unlucky. It's probably standard for the team at the bottom. However, the football is better and consistent. So I feel maybe with a bit of luck, we could stay up. She's still on the fence about Tomoy's, and I don't want him, but he seemed to be doing something positive. I still question some of his decisions, but the players are responding. So we keep the faith, and she's loving the show. She's got a PS. I don't think I need to request an accent, even though she's not Greek. Just married to one, and she has a posh accent outside podcast land. And we know do you know what we should do? We should, and I've heard other podcasts do this, so it's not unique, but um, other podcasts and football podcasts have a sort of answer machine, right? And and people can actually uh, ring in and leave a message, leaving their question. Wouldn't that be cool if we could actually hear <laughs> and probably find the Katrina and people like that have nothing like you make them. Um, and we could even have Dodsey on and May Marion. And... But Belinda Kakatis. Belinda, 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 yeah. sorry. Um, yeah. so, so maybe we should work out a little Bill technology. So has... She pronounces Arids with an H, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. We, we will get some kind of answer machine that allows our listeners to record their own voices. Um, I know that's all about does you have part of your job, Nigel, but I think it would be quite amusing. No, it would be good to do. We'll have to we'll look into that. Uh, I know just the way to do it because I thought about this. Uh, but anyway, evening, gents. This is Nicholas Harvey. Uh, a decent performance from most of the players, even though he says a couple weren't good enough. He says, not naming names, but Antonio Noble and Creswell. Uh, <laughs> he sees lots of posts saying we were unlucky, but he thinks that's rubbish. We didn't take our chances, so we've only got ourselves to blame. He's sort of right there, to be fair. If we keep missing the chances, we won't survive. What's the point of Antonio, he wonders. He huffs and he puffs, but lacks any composure and can't pass to a teammate nine times out of ten. This bit controversial here, Nicholas. Move him on in the summer if we're to improve. <gasps> And why does Moyes take so long to substitute? He really is. There you go. There you go. Another one. There you go. With the coronavirus ban, meaning games playing behind closed doors, looking ever more likely, will this help or hinder our bid not to be relegated? Oh, we've lost Do, Nigel. Anyone right always coming back. Always. We we lost you right in the middle of that one, so you're going to have to ask it again. Your your dodgy internet um, let you down there, Nigel. I said, did anyone want to answer that question? No, you need to you're ask it, it again though, because we're oh, near it. <laughs> Coronavirus ban meaning games played behind closed doors, looking ever more likely. Will it help or hinder our bid to be relegated? It's an interesting question. And and if I'm honest with you, um, I know you're looking for a yes or no, which is why I'm going to draw this out. If I'm honest with you, although the team said 
it was great to come out. Mark Noble said the, the, the crowd was great. I didn't think it, the atmosphere was that great against Southampton. You know, there was not the singing we used to do maybe in the good days of the bowling, etc. Um, I think you could bring in some canned crowd noises at the London Stadium and it, it wouldn't make too much difference. So I'm going to go with, uh, I don't think it would make a lot of difference. We would probably be one of the gainers because we don't have that much atmosphere anyway at the London Stadium. Right. So I'll put you down as a help then. Then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, help or hinder. I think it will help. I, don't, I can't give you a, a reason for it, but I just think it'll take negativity away. There you go. I don't think there's a lot of that. But Ian Gravit, he wonders if people look at the fixtures and had a stamper and away win after the performance against Liverpool. Inconsistency will be our downfall. How can we waste so many chances? This is a thread that keeps repairing. Moyes is not aware that if you carry on attacking whilst you're on top, you may get a result. Why does he leave it till the other team have scored to make the substitutions? He must see the noble's been blowing out of his ass the last few games. He also plays better after spilling the sidelines. A uh, friend of yours next up, Sean. It's uh, Little Flow Rider Hammer. Uh, Why is it a friend of mine? Well, it's usually when you say friend of mine, Gary Prince. Yes, but this is another friend of yours. Because he says, thank you for all you do, Mr. West Ham. Sean Whetstone, you're a top man. I don't know what he's after. Normally slagging you off, to be fair. Yeah, all right. right. Okay. We don't have much choice but to believe and really support Moyes and the team. Arsenal were there for the taking, but we were woeful in front of goal. For the chances Ant created, he was especially wasteful. He says he's encouraged with the efforts since Liverpool and the current starting lineup is the best one that we've had all season. Maybe Anderson could come in for four now. He's joking, isn't he? Uh, earlier than Moyes. Uh, but the subs just don't have time for enough impact and they need to be brought on earlier and need to rotate Noble out of matches earlier. Next up, thanks for that, little flow rider. Uh, yeah, and even more thanks for me, you know. Yeah, Mr. West Ham. It's not, it's, it's, it's not very often I actually get some praise. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I usually you're just abuse, yes. like today. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> our friend, the Wizard of Wales, who lives in Herefordshire. Uh, it's Maid Merrin who love Wales so much, she's lived in England for 30 odd years. Oh, Wakida. Yeah, Wakida. Not unlucky against the Arsenal Royals. It's what happens when relegation-bound teams play well, but still come away with no points. Do I believe him, boys? After love. Well, he's a winner, isn't he, Boyles? Yes, he filled out the survey, but in the words of Nigel's favourite, what difference does it make? I would like Nigel to ascend Mount Fuji. <laughs> uh, Barry Mickle I think that's how you pronounce it uh, Evening gents He says he loves the show But can Sean clarify How the Amers worst off bar introduction Table was worked out He realises he didn't compile it Or you didn't compile it Sean But surely he didn't just repost it For content's sake God dear yeah, hey? you, you think I've got enough yeah. time to double check oh, the VAR? Yeah. It was a proper table and proper graphic. It must be true. Slow news day, Mike. Slow news day. Uh, 
What are you saying? It's not true. I'm not saying that. He, he, it, 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 Michael has said, you know, can you clarify? Yeah, how it was worked out. You wrote the story. I've not read it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just saw a graphic and I liked it and and yeah. So it was mostly about content. If I'm honest with you. There you go. Get over to Carrots and Huge, people. It's a one of your five a day, we could say. Uh, is it based purely on original decisions confirmed via VAR, or is it based on refereeing no. and assistant refereeing decisions which have been overturned because of VAR? Yeah, so it was done by Give Me Sport, by the way. Ooh. And I'm just having a look how they created it. Give Me Sport, blimey. Very first Give website I worked for. Right, so they looked at every decision overturned by VAR. So this is what they've done. They've looked at every refereeing decision that was overturned. So that's all they've done. So it's only on decisions that would have stood, if it weren't for VAR, VAR turned them the other way. And on that basis, West Ham would have been four places better off and seven points are seven points worse off. No one else comes close, um, apart from oh, uh, Everton would have had five points extra, but other people, Brighton, um, I think would have been seven points better off. Who else would have done well out of it? Uh, Southampton would have been five points better off. So, you know, winners and losers. But West Ham are the losers. There you go. Thanks for that. Uh, Adam Ross Miller. He or three names. But Ross is his middle name, people. He's not double-barreled. Uh, he's asked for the fab Essex voice that I normally do. Because uh, that's where he's from. Evening, gents, he says. And you, Sean. Uh, <laughs> been quiet last few weeks trying to suss out if we're going down. Uh, but showing signs of life or staying up. He thinks we will stay up after the last few games showing signs of life, and Moyes has finally started playing Alleran, Antonio and Bowen together. And it's starting to show some fruit, as it were. What do we do in the summer, though, do you reckon, gents? If we can keep Bowen, Suchek, Antonio and Alla fit, we look a lot more comfy and sure of staying up. Uh, what do we do in the summer? I think we wait to see what league we're in. <laughs> Still don't think Moyes is the right fit and right person for the job, but at least we're fighting now and up for it. We were hugely unlucky at Arsenal, and his brother's an Arsenal fan, and openly admitted they were beyond lucky. And if we were more clinical, we would have been a huge win. Keep up the good work, as always, gents. And Brady out, and GSB out in general, he says. Uh friend from the sports club Jazzy Jazz uh, we will survive due to Villa and Bournemouth having a very hard lineup of games and we are playing well so only a matter of time before we get some deserved points the key question is who would you sell in the summer to say to raise cash he says he would sell Anderson and Diagana as the other usual six or seven deadwood we have we need to bring in a left back a centre back and a striker and it's <clears> crucial Haller as a good end of season. Right, so you're going to sell one player in the summer, or are you going to sell? Anderson. There you go. Yarmolenko. 
Oh, we all forgot about him. There you go. Uh, oh, I suppose it's my turn then, really, isn't it? Who would I tell in summer? To be fair, if we're talking about raising a lot of money, uh, Declan Rice. Declan. Yeah. No. Yeah, raising a lot of money, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Uh, Neil Hodgkinson, evening Sean and Nigel. I shall now insert and Len, uh, but he didn't put that. Uh, we have played three games consistently well, and that is one thing we haven't done all season. It gives him hope that we can keep that going now in the business end of the season and we'll get the points needed to stay up, starting with three against Wolves. Uh, we've got a tricky tie against the Greeks. Well, I wonder who, yeah. who Bell and Stell will be cheering for there then. Olympiakos, isn't it? Uh, uh, yeah, whatever. Yes, is <laughs> Greek. Uh, yes. Uh, with a quarter of home games left to play at home, how do you see GSB compensating fans if the remaining games have to be played behind closed doors? Well, frankly, Neil, if they're doing talking the compensation, I'll be going down the Harry Redknapp route and asking for cash. Yeah, you can bet your life it's going to be them silly billy points, isn't it? What they call club cash. That's how they give it back. They're already talking about it. Bet your oh. life. Of course they are. Yeah. We get club cash. What? Oh, well, they they don't talk to me about stuff like that. <laughs> they'll, they'll, oh, here they'll we probably, go. Coming out. They'll, they'll probably say, we're not going to give you money back, but we'll discount it off a next season season ticket if you're in a, yeah. something stupid like that. Brilliant. Uh, friend of the show, Astelios Kiriakou, uh, who, who got the ump last week because apparently he's not Greek. He's not Greek? No. No, he's not. You know him. So why would you think he's Greek? What, what Stelius Kiriakou? Is that that's Greek? a Cypriot name, isn't it? Oh, well, that's a Greek, Cypriot. Come on, all the Oh, I you can't name. say oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, my God. God. Absolute for rivers of blood. Oh, Here we go. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> anyway, he's requested if I can do it in a Norwegian from Newcastle. So, uh, I'll have a go, still. I'll have a go. Uh, can he last? Uh, Jordy, it's it not that bad, I don't think so. Uh, dance with your daddy, sing to your laddie, dance with the daddy when the board comes in. Uh, which is, you know, our... Jesus. Well, no, he's not Jordy. Um, Jesus. Evan Turner has asked for French. you got no chance. We were very unlucky not to take a point. Can you not just go ooh-la-la? Uh, ooh-la-la. Oh, what about, as I used to go, is, oh, is that racist? Onions, onions, who buy my lovely onions? Uh, good moment. Are you saying the French aren't clean? Uh, well, no. Uh, oh, that's all right then. Uh, listen, un deux trois, that's about all you get out of me. We were very unlucky not to take a point, says Evian Turner. Uh, but ultimately, he does believe we'll survive and stay up. I don't have much faith in Moyes, which a lot of people seem to be saying, but he thinks he'll be the one. He doesn't think he'll lead us to the next level. Forget about next level, people. We've got to stop killing ourselves with that. Uh, but if we do stay up, he's willing to be open and loud and give him another season with a transfer window to prove him wrong. And keep up the good show, lads. Come on, you irons. Ed Hughes, if matches do get played behind closed doors, which ground do you think would be best to play at? Would it be the LS, which would have a really intimidating echo? 
keep washing your hands, he says. So, best stadium to play at behind closed doors. That's uh, a good in, yeah. Um, Wembley. Wembley. Yeah. Who plays at Wembley? Well, Spurs did. <laughs> Don't matter where you play if it's behind closed doors. You won't need any stewards or anything, will you? You could play down the road. I'll ask. Len, come, give me this, this. Have a proper. I think I think it's going to improve ours, isn't it, really? Isn't it? Do you think? Oh, just a really good question. I, I thought that someone like Bournemouth. So you think a smaller, yeah. a smaller ground is going to benefit? Yeah, I think a smaller ground. Um, it is funny because I don't know who wrote the story about the um, the Castilla game. But when you listen back to the, the highlights of the Castilla game, which are on YouTube, folks, it's, it's funny to hear the players um, because obviously, over under when the commentator's not talking, you can hear you know the players shouting "man on" and, and all stuff like that, get it over and stuff like that. But, but the story came out this week that apparently the chairman from West Ham came down and at half time during the Castilla game and asked the players if they could stop swearing because it was upsetting all the wives. <laughs> um, can I change my answer? Go on then. Hackney Marshes. Oh, fucking hell. What's wrong with that? It's says which ground? Coast. That's not a ground. Yeah, well, is that not a ground? There's a lot of people play football at Hackney Marshes. It's not a ground. It's a pitch. It's not a ground. What's the difference between a ground and a pitch? A ground has got stands. Oh, has it though? Has it though? That's a stadium. Do you mean stadium or do you mean ground? Ground is like ground, right? Ground. A pitch, a ground. That's a ground, isn't it? No. It doesn't have a to pitch. have seats. So, are there places... When I, when, just... when I played at Monster Flats, I didn't say, yeah, I'll, I'll turn up at the ground, you know? I said, we've got to be on the pitch for two right. kick-off, lads. All right. So, if does it have to have a roof to be a ground? No. It could be open air. Right. So, what makes... Right. So, what makes it a ground? Just told is you. It, is it the... Well, sta- stands. The stands? In, yeah, I'm closing oh, it. I think you make this shit up as you go along. You're not making it up. How can it not be the stands? It's got to be. What isn't makes it? a pitch of ground? The fact that there's stands there's around. There. You, can you lock hang, hang, uh, the marshes? You can't. You can't lock it. So a ground must have some kind of physical address that you can lock up, which means the stand. Yeah, but the ground oh, is like when you dig into the ground. It's the ground. It doesn't have to have structure on it. I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just a vernacular. Isn't it? I mean, I see what you're saying, but we know what we're talking about. Surely, if you say the ground, if, if, well, if, if no, you, then we if know what we're talking that, about. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this? Yeah. All right. I'm going to look it up in the Oxford Dictionary. Yeah. While you're there, look up "dickhead" and all. Does it say Sean Whetstone? Uh, Luke Ed. While you look it up, I'll talk to Luke Ed. Uh, frustrating, he says on Saturday doubly because losing wager against his friend who's an Arsenal supporter. He said, still points left to take and we keep pushing the effort as high as possible and get a bounce. And there's, he's got nothing else to say. He says, the time for talking is over. Only results matter. 
All right, here we go. Here we go. Oxford Dictionary. An area of land used for a particular purpose, activity or sport, i.e. a football or cricket ground. An area of land. Doesn't mention stands. Doesn't mention roofs or anything like that. An area of land. I thank you. Mate, you can do what you like. A football pitch is not a ground. Yeah, it's, it's in, in the Oxford Ditchery, an area of land. Hackney Marsh is, is an area of ground. Go to football, really? <laughs> you know, that's not the demographic of a football fans. What do you do? Carry on. So what we I can talk about. about I write the Oxford Dictionary. You know, yeah, fuck off. Anyway, super six. If he asks, I will. Uh, oh, boy, or. Uh, not boy, is it? it we are, man. I recall asking Sean uh, how we could get on news now. He replied, Who is this? Who is this? You Who have is this? to be excellent in your English spelling and grammar. Uh, I think what he meant to say was, We are, man. You have to be excellent at your spelling in your grammar. Who's this? Who's this? That's uh, the Geordie Stelios. Oh, Stelios, right. He did ask how you get onto news now, and I actually said to him, by the way... You have to be excellent in New English spelling and grammar. No, I didn't say that. I said it's really, really, really difficult, and I said they're so tough to get on now, but you have to have... uh, It's not like the old days where they took anyone, Sean, is it? Exactly, exactly. You You have to have good articles for the last six months. They need to be exclusive. You need to quote your sources. But yes, the the structure, the grammar, the English and everything is also important. <laughs> so basically, if Carrots and Huge were going up the news now, now you wouldn't get it because you don't quote your sources. Yeah, yeah we do. No, you don't. Yeah, we you do. just go to senior source. Yeah, so you don't quote him. Exclusive articles. Yeah, you just yeah. read shit yeah. that you've read from somewhere else. Oh, that is harsh. Yeah. And, and what was the other third thing you said? Um, I don't know. Well, you failed it anyway. By the way, do you want some breaking news? Go on then. Go on. Italy is being locked down. The Prime Minister Conte has just announced everyone in Italy must remain at home. A nationwide lockdown. There you go. Does that mean they're dirty or not? <laughs> don't keep on saying that. You pull it up. Yeah. I'm just that seems a really drastic action. I mean, if that's what we've got, at least we can do the podcast. Right. Uh, um, Listen, uh, uh, we could do a four-hour podcast. Uh, yeah. Just imagine that the rubbish won't be collected, will it, Sean? No. There you go. It might bail you out. Oh, in Italy? Yeah. If we're going to both bail Sean out, we'll have to sort of counter it with them photos that he sent. <laughs> What photos? <laughs> I'll tell you oh, what. Oh, no, you can't. Right. You can't yeah. use those no. photos. Talking of Italian, no. mate. Start up the bus. Yeah. No. Start up yeah, the bus. Oh, dear. That oh, was, dear. Start up the bus, Nigel. Quarter well, Italian. Was it? hands ready. That was quarter Italian. What bit of dirty oh, was that? Oh, don't start me. No, 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 no. How cryptic is that? Oh, Jesus, Oh, dear, oh, dear. Anyway. Go on, then. Move on, move on. Yeah, I bet you want to move on. I thought I was in the banter group for a minute, not on the, not on the, not on our WhatsApp group. Don't normally get pictures like that. Anyway, um, 
Paul Addison says, he'd like me to attempt the north face of the Eiger. Well, you're not the only one. I'm sure there's a few that like me to try that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as for the Sean being one now, as for the Amers, he says, I'd rather us lose like that than in the manner to which we become accustomed to early in the season. Antonio's gestulations at Alia, the more they play together, the more they'll gel. Although hopefully that'll be sooner rather than later. Anyway, as ever, dirty deeds, Brady outs. Brady out. Oh, uh, Alan Ad, Paul Addison. It's please. I, I forgot that. Lots of people talk by breathing in. <laughs> well, Lancashire people talk by holding their nose and breathing out. There you go. Uh, Alan Woodhouse, what did you make of Antonio's performance? Some say great for getting into good areas and creating. Others say poor because he missed the chances that arguably cost us the game. What did you think? Well, I thought, I think we, he's getting a bit of heat, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's nothing new with Antonio. We know he's not the most technically gifted. He's a bit of a, you know, rhino coming down the stairs. But he's effective. And he's, he wasn't less effective against Arsenal. We just... Maybe it's because Bowen's turned up and sort of people are a bit less forgiving because they know we've got someone else that can do it now. Mm. But until then, we just had Antonio. And, okay, he's not he's not sort of... Um, he hasn't got the finesse of Trevor or De Canio, but he's effective. And he's, look, he's £7 million. Pound. Yeah, I know that. And he, he, look, he is, he's, he is effective in his... Stature in his power and his pace, and then he runs up, and you think brilliant, and then, <laughs> and then he does exactly what he did at Emirates, right? All he's got to do, simple pass to Allaire, it's a goal, and then he just lets you down at the end. And it's his finishing, which is what I yeah. said earlier. He's not a striker. Look, if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the raffle. So you know, at some point, is the goals do come. Sometimes they don't. No. Could I can I want to mention one other thing, and it's not just uh, Antonio. Why can no West Ham player do a throw in? I've been watching lately West Ham throw ins, right? And the majority of them go to an opposition player. Do you think they? Uh, so, if you're listening, David Moyes, could you please practice throw ins? Because we seem really, really bad. So at could it. I just point it's... out the the, the problem in what you just said? Go on. David Moyes can't practice throw ins because he's not allowed to take them. No, no, I'm asking him to practice with his players' oh. throw-ins. Hey, watch it next time you watch a game. No, See how I, many. I have noticed. But I've also noticed not a lot of players sort of show out for a throw-in. Anderson particularly. Do we need a throw-in coach? Yeah, I think we do need a throw-in coach. Didn't, wasn't Antonio when he first arrived? He had the whopping throw to throw him in the box, didn't he? He, he did at Saturday. He, he threw a couple in. Uh, but I suppose it might get better if... The problem is you need Antonio on the end of it. On the, on the other end of it, yeah. then, yeah. So now, we, now we've got Bowen there, etc. You might be taking more. Hmm. Might be, you know, problem sorted. We'll see. Next up, Nigel Khan says, Sean, it's accent, you muppet. Oh. <laughs> and Nigel was very clever because he knows what you're like. You'd edit it out. He took a screenshot of it to make sure you could edit <laughs> it out. Yeah. And Andy Smith says, he doesn't hold much faith in Moyes, but here's a question. Do you think any manager could come in and be a success under this board? 
I'll go first, no. Over to you, Sean. Yes. Would you, would you, what do you class be success? Success. So, so I think you've got to get a manager who will be tough. And I think Pellegrini in some ways is tough. You've got to have a, a manager is really tough, won't take any shit, but can do stuff with the money available. Now, in theory, I think there is a manager out there, whether they'll come to West Ham or not. I don't know, but hey, how about Klopp? Yeah, they'll get on. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I just think it's the chemistry of it all, to be honest, Sean. I they mean, would I have to bring, all right, so I'm going to put a few provisos in there. The proviso is they don't have to set a budget and step back, have a director of football, yeah, doing all yeah. other things. Yeah. Uh, a, C, a different CEO running the club and the manager left to get on all the coach, head coach going left to get on with his job with the current owners taking a complete black seat with all of those things in place. Yes, yeah, I think right, the manager yeah. I'll agree with that, but I mean... There's a flying pig, yeah? I mean, me, if Norwich go Dan, I'd, I'd be... Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd look at... Either Daniel Fark, if Southampton up the sale, I'd take Asanoodle or or perhaps give that uh, Wagner a, a route back into English football if he wants to leave, uh, I believe it's at Schalke, who, uh, who, who he's going to get promoted back into the Bundesliga after they got relegated last season. Are you fellas not fans of Sean Dice like I am? Um, I know it's unpopular. But I've been saying it for years. I'm going to be come down Watford in the cup. Oh, it was. I had a mouth on him. Yeah, but it's a bit. He's a bit Sam away. Allardyce for me. Yeah, I know his Millwall as well, wasn't he? But I don't know what you're saying, but you know. Brady's a big fan. Well, there's a reason not to have him then. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought you'd say. Gone off him. And there endeth, people, this week's uh, Facebook question time. Oh, we've probably got time for Super 6, haven't we? Do you want to do Super 6? I will. All right, here we go. Are you going to do it? Well, I'm loading it up. I, I, I used to like doing it with my music, uh, not off. Yeah, but I can't do that anymore oh, because of copyright. Oh, do you worry too much. I'll tell you, like a nervous nil, you. Uh, I'll just, while you're waiting, I'll say that Nigel Khan, because we won't go down there, is in 55th place. Yeah. Oh, um, top 10. On, um, yeah. On, uh, I forget how many, but it's he's a long way off. Well, we'll do top 15. David Jones, Ziggy Stardust is uh, 15th. Uh, then come by Dodzy. He's on uh, one point above him in 14. Not off. Uh, Jeffrey Smith, 353, as if Clive Soden on 353. 11th is Mark Wyatt, 357. We now go top 10. Martin Samuels, the Daily Mail journalist, on 358. Phil Walker on 358 as well. And it's the in old... our friend of the podcast yeah. who's, who's in our block. Yeah, he's, he's still ain't got his words. The Pontif himself, Mr. Pope. Three six five. Uh, Adam Darlow Darlington. Uh, the uh, he was not a Geordie. I don't know where Darlington is. I think it might be Durham. But anyway, three six eight. 
Ian Lynch, 369. Top five, Dave Nicholson, um, 374. Then we go third is Tim Shaw. So what I've done is I've muted Nigel so I can say in fourth place is Sean with 376. And now I'm on Nigel again. Oh, you bastard. Third <laughs> uh, <laughs> thing, again, is Tim Sharman on 378. You know Only two gonna... points in front of uh, Sean. Uh, Keith Milton Fluid is at 381. Only five points ahead of yeah. Sean. Uh, and running away, looks like he's going to win it. It's old EastEnders himself, Kevin Fowler, 406. Fourth place. That must... Look, I never used to play Super 6. You got me into Super 6. It must really, really great you that I'm in fourth place and you're all the way back. Yeah, I, I mean... I'd, uh, yeah, this this is the worst I've ever done, ever. Um, and it's not like you... I mean, I know you've missed a few. I, I missed one last yeah. the week before. But I remember, get you Tuesday. But let's have a look. Let's just have a little analysis. You scored six points yeah, on Saturday. <laughs> you put you put uh, Arsenal down for a 2-0 win. And you, obviously, it was 1-0. So you got your two points. You put um, Sheffield United and Norwich down. Uh, as um, a 2-1, and it was a 1-0, made me money. Uh, and you put Leeds and Huddlesfield down as a 3-1, and it was 2-0. So six points. I think I but scored 14. played into your hands, Mr. 1-0. Look, half of mine were 1-0. Yeah. You, you, you can have a look at mine. Let me tell you now, before you call me Mr. 1-0, I put 2-0 for... Um, Arsenal, if I put 1-0, which I did originally, I would have got five points, right? I put 1-0 for Palace-Watford, which earned me five points. I put 1-0 for Sheffield United and Norwich, which did earn me another five points. I did put 1-0 for Southampton. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on. And it was Newcastle that won the 1-0. But I put 2-1 for Wolves-Brighton, and it was 0-0. I put 2-1 for leeds Huddersfield and it was 2-0. So to say I put them all as 1-0, and even even then, by the way, it's a game of predictions, and if I want to put 1-0s down and I get more points than you, who gives a flying whatever? Because I'm not going to swear this week. Yeah. Anyway, you're shit at Super 6, and we know it. All right. Anyway, with that, uh, predictions. Uh, we're playing Wolves on Sunday, which armchair fan is not going to. So, start with you, Nigel. Draw. one all. Len? Um, oh, God. My heart? Nah, fuck it. I think it'll be a draw as well. Oh, we hadn't swung all think... the way through and then Len Sorry. left it down. Sorry. one all. No, it's too late now. It's too late. It has to be explicit. Uh, I'll go for a 1 0 win because uh, that's what I do. I've been Sean. Len has been. Um, Len, if you're going to be Sean. And, and Nigel has been. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that makes it a two hour podcast in the next 15 seconds. Come on, you irons. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. Think, 
Oh, unbelievable. What a crack. Great marbling floor, floor, isn't it? Beer, I don't know. Do you reckon it's nice, Bridget? Uh, I don't know. Why is there beer much? Loose lips, sink chin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sinking that shit up. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Oh, we're still wrong. Wankers! Fucking embarrassing. Waste of our time. Fucking waste of our time.